Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 151. Would you advertise on cigarette packs? You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and features and strategies for growing your marketing and sales results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really good. And this episode, talking about the choices we make as marketers. Interesting topic coming up in shot six. That's right. Let's start the show. What's the inbound thought of the week, Craig? Well, it's uh, the end of February as we record this, which means it's around 20 days away until the next Sydney HubSpot user group. And we've got 137 people registered to come. I know. We haven't even announced the speakers yet. So maybe there's a tip there. That should be a marketing tip. Less is more. Yeah, don't (laughs) announce the speakers. People turn up and they think it's a surprise. But the the point is um, it will sell out because we've got limited space. So if you're in Sydney... Yes. Check out the link in the show notes, register, and we hope to see you there on the 20th of March, which is a Wednesday. And now for all of our global listeners from America to the United Kingdom, we have other cities that HubSpot user groups run in that are run by other partners and HubSpot. And I would encourage you to have a look at that. Just Google HubSpot user groups. Yeah, well, HubSpot user groups, find a hug. We've got a link in the show notes for that. That's right. All right, onto our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. More of a workflows. Yeah, a bit more on workflows because we love workflows here, don't we? So Correct. They're, they're rolling out these features. It's Interestingly enough, it's not available in the contact, the standard contact workflow yet, but in others, deals, companies, tickets, et cetera. They've added more details and filtering yep. to the history tab. Which, again, this is the kind of thing I'd like to know if people actually check when they go in their workflows. But listeners, if you don't know this, when you're going to workflow, you can go to the history tab and just see everything that's happened. And uh, you can look up contacts, you can look up all kinds of things in the actual history for a workflow to see whether it fired, whether it didn't. So a good example is an email didn't get sent to a contact. You'd see that in the history. Oh, because they unsubscribed, for example. Anyway, they're making it easier to filter down. So in deals, and we've got a screenshot and the show notes of a deal, for example, where you can drill down to all kinds of activities. So you could actually drill into, oh, show me whenever this workflow sent something to a Slack channel, for example. Yeah, and that's the main reason. And I think that history thing that people often overlook and they go, oh, this didn't work, and then don't actually go to find. So I encourage you to have a look at your history and see how things are progressing through workflows. It'll actually give you a really good understanding of what's taking place. Now, Craig, we have another one about disabling an A-B test page. Yeah. Okay. So say you're you're A-B testing a landing page or a web page for that matter. There's two things here. Sometimes you get clients, they'll send you screenshots and they say, I thought I asked you to change this. I thought we were testing something different. And this is one problem because you can't dictate which one that's kind of random and then actually the cooking, if a cook is you, it might show you the same version every time. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, so you keep seeing it and you're like, I'm not seeing the other version. So that's one problem. So then you kind of got to say, oh, actually, uh, you'll just have to go into edit mode and check previews and things like that. So they're okay with that. But then they say, oh, no, this one. I only want to do this one. Or as we've had with clients, oh, I don't like that version. Can we just do this other one? And so there's actually no way to disable one of the variations. You've just got to choose a winner. Ah. Yeah. You can't select so, oh, A, B test. I'll turn right. B, B now. You okay. just choose A as the winner. And then that obviously... 
Yeah, then, then you're kind of locked into that. But yeah, yeah. so uh, unless I've missed something, because I was actually searching for this, I was like, how do you just turn this off? I just want to turn this off. But you can kind of understand it because what's if you want to turn off the A version? Yes. It's like, oh, well, that's actually where the URL said. Oh, anyway, <laughs> this is complex. I owe to be one of the HubSpot user interface designers. Gee, they've got a hard job. <laughs> they sure do. All right, on to uh, HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is LinkedIn ads are now available in HubSpot again. Yes, again. Remember when, when we have this a year or two ago, then they took it out. That's right. Now it's back. It's back. I wonder how long it'll stay. And why we want to highlight it is the key benefit is that you can sync through any LinkedIn ads that obviously people fill out. So you get the data back just like you do with Facebook Yeah. into HubSpot. Now, I do want to highlight something, and this came across because we were trying to use some marketing lists to target people. And I want to say with LinkedIn audiences, you must actually contain at least 300 members in that list to be able to use that as an audience within the ads add-on. Yeah, that's right. And there's various different sizes on platforms as that's well. That's right. So, and I, and I thought this was interesting because I had this question from a customer of ours that we want to target on Google and Facebook. And because the numbers were quite small, I kind of went, oh, I could probably do Facebook, but couldn't do Google. And, and, then, and it was kind of true. In Facebook, the ads audiences need to be a minimum of 20. That stunned me when you showed me. Yeah. 20? 20. I, has that come down? I'm sure it used to be higher. It used to be 100, I thought. Right. Yeah. And then in Google ads, we've got on the display network, we've got 100 active visitors within the last 30 days. And on the search network, we have a thousand active visitors in the last eight days. Right for remarketing, yeah. Correct. So, wanted to highlight because you might actually have questions about: Is this working? Or, oh, nothing's happening here because the list is too small. And this is a good way to understand what's going on. All right, onto the HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig. All right, so this isn't actually a gotcha with the HubSpot product, but it is a bit of a gotcha with their marketing stats on marketing stats. <laughs> And we're calling this marketing stats malarkey. So just go and Google the term marketing stats and HubSpot's yes, marketing Hub stats Spot. Uh, page will come up either one or two, depending on who's competing with them at the time. And so then you go through and it's just a big long list of marketing stats. And this is one of the staples for people when they're presenting. They, you know, they've got their slide yeah, deck. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, better. You know how you always increase credibility? Include a statistic because, you know, it makes it sound That's scientific. Right. Okay, so here's a stat, Craig, and you can pull this apart. 84% of people will not make a purchase if they're dealing with an unsecured website. Now, the source is obviously Blue Corona 2018, right? So tell me what you did. All right, so whenever I see stats and they have a reference that isn't linked, so on the HubSpot site, there's no link to it, I'm always suspicious. And in fact, any stat, like in, in the show notes when you've got Audiences must contain at least 20 users. I'm actually going to go and check that out after the show because I'm, I'm kind of stunned. Anyway, whenever I see stats like this and I go and check them out. So this one, I'm like, oh, let me see if I can see the source. Because 84% seems pretty it's high very and high. compelling for people like you and I and probably our listeners. We'd be like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't purchase for it's unsecured. But most people, they might not even know. Anyway, so I was looking, I thought oh, I'll find it out. So I went to the Blue Corona. I found the Blue Corona blog post that talks about that. They are actually referencing it from another site, which I then found that. That's Global Sign. So I went to the Global Sign site, and it's got a blog post on it from 2016. Correct. So we've just lost two years. Lost two years. Yeah. And then it actually references it from a study that was done in Europe 
in 2014, which then I look, there's a PDF download. So I look at that, nothing about sample size, nothing about who was included, anything, just an infographic. So what we've got now, you can see the chain, right? There's this stat, 84% of people wouldn't purchase if it's if the site's unsecured. So we've got this stat now, thanks HubSpot for the marketing set, and that's great on a presentation slide deck, but it kind of has no weight. It's Correct. it's not credible at all once you follow the chain, and I'm sure this is most stats, you know. How do we actually proof check all of these? Yeah, and it, you know what? This is really interesting because someone's used something as a source but not actually tied it back to the start, and here we are. As the saying goes, 97% of stats are made up, right? So- yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to that source. Because I just made that up right then. All right. So, yeah, just our tip to you is understand where these stats are coming from and just have a trace back to understand, is it credible? Well, what do we always say, Ian? Test and measure. Test and measure. I don't go on stats anymore. I'll have it as an idea to test, but then I want to test it myself. All right. On to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. And this is thanks to Justin Ting, right? Hashtag Jetstream Marketing. That's right. And this is adding a link to your Facebook page header image. And one of the things we were discussing is to make sure you add your CTA button on your Facebook page. Yeah, so two simple things there because people might not realize that the header image, you can, you can click, click, on click on it and okay. then it, you just point them off to a link. So use it as a yep. almost a call to action. But then your CTA button, you know, I was checking our HubShots page. I'd set it up diligently yes. two years ago. Anyway, it had the wrong URL in it. You know, the contact us button on our HubShots page didn't work. Oh, dear. I know. Oh, here's a, here's a little thing. Periodically go and check your CTAs on your social profiles. And you know what? It's actually really good. Like, look at Instagram, for example. You can actually go and update the CTA or the link on your profile, you know, just below your title. Your bio, yeah. Your bio. You could change that constantly just to drive traffic through a different channel. So I would encourage people to actually look at that on a quarterly basis to just make sure things are working. Good idea. All right. Inside of the week, Craig, would you advertise on the side of cigarette packets? If not, why not? Yeah. So this is a bit of a thought experiment in a way, I guess. I've been thinking through this lately in terms of as marketers, trying to be more of a thoughtful marketer, hashtag thoughtful, thoughtful marketing. I don't know, because, well, we have a lot of power and responsibility in a way with clients' budgets and where we put it Yes, and therefore who we're exposing to what. And so the question was, would you advertise on the side of a cigarette packet? And that's why I posed the question. If not, why not? And if it's not, if you'd say not, then I suspect part of it's because, well, it's an addictive product, which is proven to be harmful. And well, hopefully you can see where I'm going here, which is, well, Facebook is, well, I can cherry pick articles that'll show, yep, it's addictive. I think most people would agree. And is it harmful? Well, yes or no. But let's say, for example, that it is harmful. Should you then advertise on Facebook? Well, we certainly do. Anyway, I'm just trying to think that through. What's good? And in the past, there's been uh, many people remember these big flare-ups when people find out, oh, on YouTube, our ads were appearing next to some hate speech content, okay. and then others were on sites that were white supremacists yeah, so and just, boycotting sites and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to highlight that's a really good point you've made. And in Google now, when you're especially doing stuff on the display network, 
there are things you can exclude and they're generally not turned off. So really look at where your placement exclusions are because you can actually avoid a lot of this trouble if you actually do the exclusions correctly. Okay, but let's take the opinion that that's a good thing to do. Yeah. We shouldn't advertise on hate speech sites and various other sites. Like there's various categories you can exclude. Okay, that's fine. But what about not just categories? What about an entire platform, Mm. which is what Facebook is? That's what I'm alluding to. Is it right to do it on Facebook? And, well, there could be other social networks and other channels, right? But Facebook's a big one, massively successful for us and our agency and yours as well. Yes. I'm now wondering, should I? So I'll bring it back to the question of cigarettes. Well, Ian, would you advertise on on the side of cigarette packs? My first thing, no, because I I understand what it could do to someone's health. Right. But what if that's a captive audience anyway? That's exactly right. But what if the audience I'm trying to reach are people that would have a cigarette pack in their hand? Hmm. And just to play devil's advocate, let's say you're advertising quit smoking campaigns. For example, you might think, well, how do I target smokers on the side of a cigarette pack? So we could use that as a, as a bit of a, an example. Would that still be okay? Because you're actually giving money to the cigarette companies in order to advertise on them. So there's a whole bunch of things. Now, the takeaway from this, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, yes or no. All I'm saying is be thoughtful. Be thoughtful and don't just carry on advertising because... That's the way you've always done it. Think through it. As marketers, we need to be thoughtful. Well said, Craig. On to our update of the week, Craig. And this is if you're using chat, you should review the settings in your portal and hide the chat when you are not available. And this is something that wasn't there and has been in the chat for a while. When I say a while, probably a couple of months, where you could actually have the option to hide it if no one was available. Why are we doing this? Because... We find it's rather annoying when you go to a site and you get this chat box come up and you start the conversation. They says, oh, we're not available. Put your email in here. We'll get back to you. I'm like, really? No. So I would encourage you to go and actually review your settings. We've been doing this across client portals. And sometimes your client might say, oh, no, I do want it there, right? So understand the context of your live chat and how you can help people. Now, if, if you're obviously using the chat bot feature and then you want to hand off to live chat or to a real person, then understand the role of that in this context as well. But I just wanted to highlight this to you. Thank you for this because I actually didn't know this was here and you said, it, you said it's been here for a couple of months now. Yes. Okay, I didn't know this so I totally missed it. And by the way, I pulled chat you off my pull, site yes. because I just thought it was a bad experience. To, Correct. Because uh, I can't be there all the time. My team's yep. busy. So, yeah, I will definitely use this. So you can definitely do this and you can set it. Obviously, there are some key things. You can set it on during business hours based on team member status and you can always have it on. And you can even set when the business hours are for this feature to work. So just be aware of that. And obviously, if you're using different versions of uh, sales professional or service professional or starter products, there are different things you can do within this platform. So just be aware. Okay. I've got a question for you. It says that option to hide the chat launcher. If all team members are away or at capacity, yes. then so what's at capacity mean? Basically, let's say we've got, it's you and me, right? We get a chat, you're on a chat, I'm on a chat, we're at capacity. We can't actually have a third chat. 
So the option would be to actually hide it at that point because it knows that we're both actively talking to somebody else. So if you're on a chat, correct, you're considered at capacity. Yes. Yeah. That's fair enough, aren't I? You know how sometimes you go on and you're doing these chats with someone uh, on a site and they're like, oh, are you still there? Yes. They're obviously off attending to other chats. Correct. Multiple people at once. Yeah, yes. It's, it's a bad experience. All right. Resource of the week, Craig. And here we go. HubSpot resource charts that they have. And so what prompted our previous shot <laughs> was because of this. With marketing stats malarkey. Was because of this. Yep. And so now I think what's happened, there used to be really good research stats. I think they've slimmed a lot of this down from what I can tell. A lot of it is actually housed on the HubSpot blog now. And there's very few things that you can actually go after. So it's interesting. Like I think HubSpot was testing this as an offering to help people, but I think it's just being amalgamated to everything else. Yeah. Well, if you go back to some of our earlier shows, we yeah, love we this stuff. And I Correct. did love this research. I'm pretty sure we're in the minority. People are like, Correct. oh, don't tell me research. Don't give me none of that research stuff. I want the growth hack tips, please. Yeah. I just highlighted another lovely chart in there that says Google and Facebook are at the top content channels in the US and Latin America. And this is from the HubSpot research based on 3,010 consumers in the US, Germany, Colombia, and Mexico. And it's from the HubSpot content trends survey in Q3 of 2017. Yes, that's a year and a half old now. I wonder if that's changed. This is what I love about research. So I'd like to see the changes. I'm more interested in the changes in trends over time than at one point of time. So, yeah, especially in in wake of the Facebook fiasco in the last six, nine months. Yeah. So there you go. Something interesting. All right. On to our quote of the week, Craig. This comes from the book Rework by um, the guys that run Basecamp. And you can also think about sunk cost fallacy. Have we chatted about that on the show? Was, sunk uh, cost fallacy? Yeah, I think we have. Yeah. I'm, I'm, big I'm getting confused between our conversation and what we talk on this show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, I'll read the quote. Here, here it says, uh, keep in mind that the obvious solution might very well be quitting. People automatically associate quitting with failure, but sometimes that's exactly what you should do. If you already spent too much time on something that wasn't worth it, walk away. You can't get that time back. The worst thing you can do now is waste even more time. I totally agree with this. This is my approach to everything, yeah. That's fantastic. I think you adopted a lot of that philosophy, Greg. Yeah, I'm very aware of this. Yes. So I'll give you a typical example. You buy a meal, you go out and you buy a meal. You don't like it. Oh, I better finish it. I've paid for it now. I am so not of that. I'm like, nah, send it back and I'll have another one. I'll pay for it, the second one, of course. Okay. I'm like, sorry, I just didn't like it. I'll have this instead. Yeah. Why would you go out? Now, <laughs> let me just cl- clarify this, right? If you're out camping and your food is rationed <laughs> and you don't like it, you don't kind of go, ah. Oh, but I'm just saying, you know, if you go out for a nice meal, that's a common example. Oh, another. I'll give you another one. Start reading a book. The book, don't like it. Yeah, but just I have to keep persevering. Just don't, I just don't yeah. read it. Exactly. Other people, no, I've got to read it to the end. And that's fine. Not right or wrong. It's just that I'm very much about efficiency. Well, there ends our show. Now, listeners, we'd love if you would uh, leave us feedback on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you listen to this show. We'd love you to leave some reviews on our Facebook page. And we'd love you to tell us what you love about the show, what you don't like about the show, so we can make it better for you. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. 
For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.